0: All right, welcome to the World Music Podcast podcast. Today's theme of music uh, really deals with a band that is in the Afrobeat world, and we're going to be looking at some of the musicians that play in the band Antibalas and some of their uh, their side projects.
1: You are listening to the World Music Podcast podcast with your hosts Corey and Gonzo.
0: All right, welcome to the World Music Podcast podcast. Uh, I am your host, Corey Padden. And I'm Gonzo Bernal. Welcome back again. Welcome to episode two. So uh, before we get started into this episode, I want to start talking about a couple of things to kind of do some housekeeping here. Uh, The first thing is definitely check us out. All of the the, uh, information that we're going to go over, we're going to leave a lot of notes on our blog, which is WorldMusicPodcast.blogspot.com. So if you're curious about some of these bands, you can get some more information online there. I'm just going to put the notes from the episode there. Um, and then, in addition, you can email us if you if you're in a world music band and you want to you know get some exposure, or if you want to um, you know tell us about some music that you're listening to that's pretty cool. Definitely email us at mundo musica podcast that's m-u-n-d-o-m-u-s-i-c-a podcast at gmail.com so we're gonna start doing a a segment in the podcast that is gonna be called what are you listening to we're gonna be uh, asking our guests what it is exactly that they're listening to uh some music that you know is really inspiring to them right now uh and we want to hear from you too so definitely email us let us know what you're listening to we could check it out we could make it a theme for one of the shows Um, the next thing I want to talk about is, uh, the show structure. So every week, just to kind of keep everybody up to date here, we're going to be talking a lot about, uh, artists that play specific styles of music in specific genres. Um, you know, they could exist anywhere throughout the world. We definitely talk about a lot of American artists, but some of those artists, they play, uh, a a style of music that may have been. Uh, produced or first created in a, uh, you know, a specific area of the world, what have you, Ireland, Venezuela, it kind of yeah, goes on and on. Name it. And uh, some of the shows are just going to be about those styles of music and some of the bands that play <clears throat> those styles of music, but sometimes what we'll do is we'll highlight a specific instrument. So we have some plans to highlight uh, a couple of instruments. We want to look at those instruments, where they're from, the type of music that's created with those different instruments, uh, and again, if you have any ideas about uh, some of the themes of some of the shows, definitely just let us know. Shoot us email. Um, today, today's beer. Yeah. The band that we're looking at and we're going to be talking a little bit about is Auntie Balas. and they are they originated from uh, Brooklyn, New York. They all got together there. There's about eleven guys in that band. So today's beer is by Brooklyn Brewery, and we're drinking the Black Chocolate Stout pretty intense it is intense
2: <laughs> we recommend that you open one bottle at a time for every two people okay <laughs> don't try to go all the way by yourself with one bottle it's that d- intense
0: it's definitely uh a dark brown Big dark uh beer here it tastes a little chocolatey in there um all right. So the first episode, we highlighted Gonzalo Bernal, which is the co-host, and we feel that the first couple of episodes, we want to get you up to speed to you know who we are, who your hosts are. So this episode is going to be about um, introducing myself. So oh. we're we're gonna get get a chance to learn a little bit of, a, a little bit about myself. Can I? What kind of questions can I? So, Gonzo, you could ask me everything. Oh. Um, are you sure? I mean, I'll I'll say. Uh, <laughs> I plead the fifth to certain
2: questions.
0: (laughs) Well, you can always cut that from the... uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. We we can edit that out. Um, So before we get into that, though, I just want to also make a note that this podcast is going to be tagged as explicit. At times, we might say a couple cuss words. So, um, you know, we want to just make you uh, uh, forewarned. And then, um, without further ado, Gonzo, let's... Let's let's, okay, let's hear the interview.
2: Well, Corey, um, like I said, Corey is, uh, pl- is playing with me in La Unica, and um, to be honest, Corey was uh, finding Corey was like a miracle for the band because uh, we were thinking about you know dropping the project and everything. So we ran into a very unable <laughs> uh, to play our style of music kind of guitar players in the past. Um, but now we have Corey and, uh, it's been a privilege to play with this guy around this country. So Corey, how do you, how do you, how did you get involved in music? Is it a family thing? Is this by yourself? How was it?
0: Um, I'm actually the, I would say the only musician in my immediate family. So I don't know what it was. I I think <clears throat> I was, I don't know why I was interested in music. I think that I I really wanted to I think it was MTV or something like that. You know, just watching music videos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was really young though. I think I was 11 years old. Uh-huh. And I know I was interested in music cuz I would watch music videos and I was like really excited about that. And I think I told my father or somebody. I was like I want to play music or something or I want to try something out and wow. at the time <clears throat> Someone I knew was taking uh, piano lessons. And that was the first thing that my father signed me up for. He said, hey, um, you know, let's try it out. Let's, you know, have, have you go through your piano lessons. And I had, I remember this. I had, because every weekend, I, so my parents are divorced and I would go over to my father's house on the weekends. And he had a guitar, I'm sorry, he had a, a piano teacher come and the piano. I just didn't like it, you know? Like, I knew I wanted to do something with music, I guess. I hear you. But I just hated piano lessons, just... And the playing out of, like, those books, too, were just, ah, uh, it was such a drag. But, dude, you know what?
2: He did it great. Because, uh, for example, in my case, to be able to study violin, mm-hmm. I had to take uh, two years of piano before even, you know, grabbing a violin.
0: Yeah, right. I mean it's the ultimate musician I mean it's the ultimate uh instrument to kind of understand more about yeah music. It's kind of all laid out there for you. What yeah, is a chord, exactly right. what are notes. So anyways, I, I think I did that for about six, seven months and and uh <laughs> I just knew I hated it so much. I started, you know, not practicing and then like the teacher comes and you just don't know anything and he'd be like, Well, you know, you didn't practice, Corey. It's like no shit, man. Like I don't like this. This is stupid.
2: Uh, and then okay, I think, but, but okay, now, you, you're sitting there with your teacher. Yeah. Um, you were thinking that you wanted to play guitar, or you want to be a lead singer, or what? What?
0: What is it that you want to be? I don't know. I think it was. I think I associated the guitar with like being like a rock star or something in yeah, my mind. Yeah. Like when well, I'm every you know, kid. Yeah. So do that. I don't think I thought like oh man. I, I don't know what it was, but there was. Basically, it got to the point where the lessons were canceled because I wasn't practicing or anything like that. And I think I was watching music videos, and I'm like, That's what, I want that. Like, I want a guitar. That's cool, you know? And I somehow talked my dad into, you know, getting me a guitar. But it was kind of one of those things where he's like, I'm not going to pay for those lessons. You know, if, <laughs> well, you, know, if you, you prove yeah, me that you're so going to stick yeah. with the guitar. Yeah. So I think, you know, him and my mother conspired and and uh they kind of gave it the go ahead to to move ahead with a like a really beginner guitar, which I still have. I have a Fender. my first guitar I got it for I think it was like a birthday present or something like that when I was eleven. It's one of those beginner guitars that's training. But it
2: was it was a full size guitar? Yeah,
0: yeah, it was a full size guitar and it was uh a fender square. Oh, really? So it was like a, the square series like that's kind of like the beginner guitars. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> yeah. So that was my first one. Um and What color was re- it? Red, candy apple red. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Ah man. Did you tell your friends? Oh yeah. Did you tell did, did you have a girlfriend at that time? No. I don't think so. No, I'm like I don't know how old you are when you're 11 You're in, and How like, was it? Can you remember that scene? Guys, it's grade.
1: Get this.
0: Yeah, I don't remember that scene. All I remember is just being so like it was just something that like I knew I wanted, you know. So you had and you're just like staring at it, you yeah. know, like uh, you know, a Christmas story where he wants the <laughs> the rifle or the BB yeah. gun or something. <laughs> yeah, I was having kind of like little fantasies about it throughout the day. But so I got the guitar, and then I also had to find a place to go get guitar lessons. So. Naturally we went to this um, this guitar shop. So then at that time I was getting, you know, both my mother and my father were driving me to guitar lessons. It just wasn't something that was happening like when I was at my father's house. So there's a place I'm from Buffalo, New York, by the way. There's a place in Buffalo called Elmwood Music. I think it was Elmwood Music. Yeah, Elmwood Music. And that was the place. It was just a little guitar shop in Buffalo. They sold everything, but they also had guitar lessons. I went through, like, I think two guys at first. They kind of, like, just threw, like, the new kids around to anybody Mm -hmm. who ever wanted to Mm -hmm. teach them. And then I stuck with one guy who now actually owns that same establishment. He renamed it. It's Kenmore Music Now, which is on the outskirts of Buffalo. But uh, he gave me my first lessons, and it wasn't – we had a book, but it was more sit down and, like, what do you want to play, you know? You're nice. we like 12. It's like, what do you want to play? It's like Nirvana uh, or which one Red Hot Peppers. <laughs> it was a song that you wanted to play, right? Oh, man. Which one was I it? I think it was uh, All Apologies by Nirvana. Oh,
2: my God.
0: Yeah. So I couldn't put a million bucks in the t- on the table
2: to bet that you were uh. – searching you were in the quest to play nirvana song
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's basically the time frame yeah, you know yeah, um, yeah. what 1995 or something oh, like that huge man so they yeah they obviously just blew up and then that unplugged album came out so it's on the radio all the time and you're just struggling with learning you know the guitar is a weird instrument because mm. especially if you play like a full-size guitar when you're young it is Super frustrating how to get your fingers oh, on the yeah. board and all that kind Yeah, absolutely. But I remember vividly, like playing everything I learned to like my brother, or to my father, or to my mother, or to anybody that will listen. And the f- face that they had on was just like, what? Like it didn't sound like anything what I was playing. <laughs> but in my mind, I could hear it. I'm like, no, you don't hear that. And they're just looking at me like, uh, <laughs> shut up.
2: Man, but that tells about a very happy family, a very caring uh, family. They they were supporting you, man. That's love.
0: Yeah, yeah. Until they told me to shut up and get so out of the did room you and stop succeed practicing. in that um, challenge, of getting that song out of your? Oh nirvana. yeah, yeah. Then I got that out of the. I got that on the guitar, and then I got you know some other Nirvana song on the guitar, and I started playing a lot. I mean, you know. When did you whole, play for the, the first
2: whole... time in front of your
0: friends? So then, uh, so I don't know. It, it must happen pretty naturally if you if you play like a guitar, or bass, or something at a young age. You look for other people to play with,
1: yeah, you know, kids
0: or whatever. So there's always just kids around town that played music, and naturally, just by like playing football on the streets and playing hockey in the summertime and stuff like uh, on the streets and hanging out and just doing like what kids do when they're young, like running around. You run into other kids in the t- in the neighborhood, and then at that time I lived in North Buffalo and I met a lot of these guys down the street that we would play, you know, play anything with basically, mm-hmm. um, like football on the street or whatever, and then they played the guitar, some other kid played the bass, another kid played drums, and we kind of just, you know, hung out and like talked about the Simpsons all day long, and then... You know, just do what you do as you, as a kid. Like go to the candy store, and then like we would go and try to play like you know Weezer songs and
2: oh really? And like
0: every like nineties song we try to learn. Yeah, basically. Game, uh, Blind me again, Melon, yeah.
2: Foo Fighters, <laughs> Stone Temple Pilots. Oh,
0: Stone Temple Pilots! I loved them too. Yeah, that was man. one of my one of my. So it was definitely my first kind of like. Uh, venture into playing music was all through like '90s grunge and rock and okay. Alice in Chains. And so you put stuff.
2: together a garage band with your friends. Yep. Oh yeah. And what was the name of that band?
0: Sham. Sham. <laughs> oh sweet lord. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, and we, we, you know, we just did stupid stuff like we made T-shirts. We had we put an N at the end, so it's S H A M N. For So no we're reason. talking.
2: You are now fourteen.
0: Yeah, fourteen, fifteen, fifteen. Yeah. Now
2: your your guitar is uh, bringing real sound. So yeah, exactly. To life. Yeah. So You're not killing cats. Right. Exactly. Anymore. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I I think what I I always found that like I would always have my guitar on me, and I would always like someone could be watching you know TV and I'm sitting there just noodling like, away and just making noises and going through, like, you know, scales and stuff like that.
2: Carrying your guitar with you all the time and playing music made you more popular among your peers?
0: Uh No. I think that I, – I think that it that's probably not the case. I think that it was more of a – I don't know.
2: But it certainly defined your personality.
0: Yeah, it's kind of the like opposite, you know, because you're practicing a lot, and if you like really love to do it, you practice and you want to get better, so you you end up kind of like secluding yourself from from a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go and you hang out with your friends down the street and stuff like that, but if you're kind of just you know, you know, when you're 15, there's really nothing to do as a kid. You know, you're not yeah. like going out to bars or anything like that. Yeah. So you're either like outside playing or you're inside playing the guitar. Or watching movies or something like that, you know? Yeah. So it is it is to me it's funny that you say that too, because I always feel that there's people who are like prodigies that are just amazing people. A lot of those people, when you meet them, they're kind of like socially awkward.
2: Absolutely. Because they
0: have that thing where they stayed in a lot oh, oh, way too much and they just only did that, you know what I mean?
2: Oh man, the uh the um, concertino, the concertino is the the best violinist or or the best musician in every section of an orchestra. And um, I remember my days in the uh, Venezuelan Youth Orchestra, and the uh, concertino, the violins. This guy right now is playing in a multi-billion uh, music multi-grammy award winners mm-hmm. um, in germany a band it's a it's a group okay. of classical music and uh, he's the violinist mm-hmm. he used to be the concertino of the uh, berlin philharmonic well this guy uh, never talk yeah he was just sitting he's there <laughs> and he looked so you know hopeless so defenseless yeah it was amazing and now the guy is, uh, you know, a mogul somewhere. With yeah.
0: Is he a so, weirdo though?
2: Yeah. Uh, no, not, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a funny guy. He, okay. He, after that, uh, after all, he talks. Yeah. Somewhere I don't remember where, but uh, he did. So let's say that you are now 18. Mm-hmm. You're approaching uh, the end of your days in high school, mm-hmm. and you have to make a decision, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What are you gonna do with your life? Mm-hmm. It's a. Uh, now you have to choose a path, a career what was your
0: what what did you choose um so yeah, so I think so it's funny because throughout high school, I got a little bit more serious about music. I went to a performing arts high school where i did i actually did uh visual art, so it was all drawing and painting and stuff like that, and that was my major in high school okay, okay. but while I did that, I got into the jazz band, so they gave. I was like one of those weird kind of. I don't know how I kind of snuck in, but everyone kind of knew I played guitar. So I was able to kind of like finagle my way into playing in the jazz band. And we would play during the lunch hour. So I'd go have like a five minute lunch, run downstairs, play the jazz in the jazz, like the big band. And I got incorporated with the whole music scene there. Like, like the all in that school, you know, so it's all kids going... You know, we had a huge band, you know, the whole brass section, uh drummer, a lot of a lot of great musicians came out of that school. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Um and the program that they had for jazz was, was great and we went to for one year we went to uh, like a like a high school jazz um competition and okay. it was in boston at the berkeley college of music wow so we placed second in that competition wow and it was great you know these are schools all over the place with like ridiculous jazz programs and, and our program was pretty tight and the and the you know the songs that we put together were pretty tight so we placed second and that's when i kind of got a first taste of you know hey i could go to school in a place like this and I could, you know, play music as my profession and I had a really great jazz teacher in Buffalo, Frank Gerard, who is one of the, you know, the top jazz guitar players around there. You know, really helped me in in understanding, you know, overall music theory. I my senior year, since I was an art major, I I, you know, I could take a, a number of electives in your senior year. Mm-hmm. So I took, you know, music theory class. So I was kind wow. of like Going and trying to, like, relearn or actually learn all the stuff that I should have known, I mm-hmm. guess. And it was great because it kind of put everything into place for me. I had a really solid understanding of music theory as, as it related to how, you know, you 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 play music on the guitar. A lot of jazz background. I got into jazz bands. So I was playing around, like, 18, 19. I was playing in a couple uh, – like jazz combos with some some like you know really good friends we wow, we play you know just jazz clubs around, and anywhere that you know we could find a gig pretty much, yeah, so all this stuff is kind of happening simultaneously, and I wanted to go to Berkeley and I applied, got accepted so you're Jews, yeah, and I said, you know what, let's do this, let's you know you could go it kind of was crazy because the thought of doing anything else was kind of ridiculous, it's yeah, like of course, I've been doing this since I was eleven, like I should try to at least do something with yeah. it, right? So um I was in a really I was in a rock band too, like right at the end of high school. I got involved with um a, a kind of like a Afro Cuban jazz band too. So I was playing Afro Cuban music and I was playing rock music. Okay, hold it right there.
2: You are your name is Corey Padding, <laughs> Right? And uh I don't remember uh your second Last name. Can you say it for me, please? Padin.
0: No, your second, baby. My second last name? Yeah. Uh, What is it?
2: Uh, there is an Italian uh, last name somewhere in your background. Oh, in my
0: background. Yeah. Um, There's some Italian in there. Yeah, for sure. So uh,
2: I know you're Brewster also.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go.
2: So you're Padin Brewster. <laughs> That's, uh, you are, uh, like, uh, a good friend of mine loved to say you are ethnically confused. Oh, okay. So you have background, <laughs> you have Latin background there. That uh last name, Panin, sounds pretty much, like, Gaelic to me. Uh-huh. Sounds, like, from France or, uh, Galicia and Spain, maybe. And Brewster sounds pretty British. So, what do you think? Uh, this is a kid who is, uh... A very able musician. He is fast playing the guitar. He's pretty good doing it. He is. Uh, he knows he can make it. And, but I, I can see he's looking for his style. Mm-hmm. That what was um, what was happening in your head? So you were searching for what it was what you really are? I think in music.
0: I think the thing with me is, I've always at a at a young age, I just had like a need to play all different styles of music. And I remember when I first basically I think it started by listening to Santana. Oh yeah. So I had, you know, Santana's greatest hits or whatever, you know, one of those albums that's like super popular where he's like holding a dove on the front or whatever. And then I would that, you know, you listen to Santana, you could like basically learn how to solo by listening to his solos and just it's very guitar friendly because yeah, he's very modal and it's it's kind of easy to to kind of follow along with, right? So then from there, I kind of was like, "Wait, there's all this other music out there." You know, I'm sitting here playing like Nirvana and, and Alice in Chains. And I then... guess that those bands are in the bath at that moment, right? Yeah. Well, I always, you know, you still love that music, but I think I just had a, a craving to like learn everything. I had, I would started going and like ransacking like everybody's CDs in the house, mm-hmm. and I remember coming across like a Vibe Vibe magazine. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Had a CD where they had all these different types of funk songs. And, you know, my mother liked Earth, Wind & Fire and stuff like that. So, like, you always hear this music. And there's CDs, you know, you'd come across too. Or, or, I'm sorry, cassette tapes that you come across. And (laughs) you would listen to it. And I would listen to it. And I remember listening to Rick James. There you go. And listening to the the guitar. And I loved, like, how that funk guitar sounded. Yeah. So I really got into that too. then... You know, then I really got into the Red Hat Chili Peppers and you know, blood sugar sucks magic, you know and I just realized wait, there's tons of music that you can play. You know, then you start learning a little bit about jazz, jazz kinda just opens the door and says, Hey Any contact with Latin music? Um the the Latin music that I played was all jazz oriented. So oh, I see you know once But
2: you never heard salsa, bachata,
0: merengue ever. No, I mean, yeah, you heard it. I mean, I heard it. It's not like I was; it didn't reach my ears. But uh, of the stuff that I can remember trying to learn, Mm -hmm. it was the closest thing to you know early on was like Santana, and Ah, then from there, Jazz opened up the door because now you're talking. Yeah, right. Every you know, you're talking about yeah, absolutely, and then Uh, you're talking just the different feels of music, bossa. Yeah. Um, Sergio salsa Mendes. feels, Sergio Mendes, yeah, yeah. Um, you name it, Raper I don't like you're talking about, or yeah. And I started playing in okay jazz groups, in and Buffalo. then yeah, that, that's in Buffalo. Everything that's in is, Buffalo. He's yep. going on in Buffalo. So you music, went to music, Berkeley. Music, music. Went to Boston. Uh huh. Was there for uh... in
2: terms of weather? It was like going into uh, eternal summer for you, right? Well, no, you know Boston's cold.
0: Boston's cold.
2: It is big time.
0: Boston is, uh, yeah, it's a cool. How was cool it? Time. How was
2: your your welcoming in in?
0: It was uh, Boston. Berkeley was awesome. Awesome experience. Uh, there's definitely a lot of funny stories I have about it that might sound like I'm kind of dissing on Berkeley, mm-hmm. but I think that's not the case. It's just those are some of the funny stories that stick out of my mind. Um, looking back, it's it's kind of you could kind of say, well, you know, maybe. you know, right out of college is probably not the best time to go to Berkeley, I think. I think people, oh, really? I think there should be like a buffer, uh, you know, go to, go to a school for like two years or something and then, and Somewhere then, else, and then go, grown to, up. yeah, and then go to Berkeley and, and uh, okay. cause you could, I think a lot of people go in, you're young, you're still, you know, you're 18 years old, you're still kind of you're a kid. kid, you know, yeah, man. and then you're going to this place that's like, oh yeah, you could, uh, you know, be a professional musician and it's definitely really weird. A lot of stuff to take in. Um, a lot of characters, man, that was one thing that I could not really stand anymore because going through high school at a performing arts high school, mm-hmm. you kind of get all those kids that are just like, look at me, look at me, you know, kind of yeah, like only of child syndrome or something. I don't like know if that's Peacock a... searching for a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, you, you show your colors. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Peacock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Everybody's Peacocking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, uh. You know, then you get to college and everyone is the same kind of like, hey. There was – honest to God, there's people dressed up as like their idols. Like there's guys that could play exactly like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, my God. And then they would wear like everything that he would wear and just walk around – and they didn't think that they were dressing up, but you just looked at, like, all these caricatures of people everywhere. Wow. And it was that was one of the things that I was kind of like, I feel like I didn't get, like, just normal people that you could mm-hmm. hang out with. Like, I had some friends that went to BU, so I would go to Boston University to hang out with, like, quote-unquote, like, normal people because...
2: Did you have any friends from, from those days?
0: Uh, from Berkeley? Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of those, a lot of my friends from back then have, we've kind of like lost contact because I only went to Berkeley for a short period of time. So I went there for a year total. Okay. What happened then? I think, uh, definitely just the overall tuition is is kind of intense over there. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a partial scholarship the first year and then, uh, cause I did, I split up the semesters. So the second semester I was kind of like, this might not be the the right way to go. It's, I'm going to be leaving school. You know, in three years or two years or or four years, I'm going to have like a a music Mm. degree and I'm going to be like, you know, $120,000 in debt or something crazy. Mm. Yeah. And I'm meeting all these people that graduated and they just are like real estate salesmen and like they're amazing musicians.
2: Wow.
0: But they have to pay back. Well, yeah. And they got to pay back and you're pumping out like all these people like every year. It was really weird. It's just super weird. People were going to the school just to meet up with other great musicians Mm. and then leaving the very next year, so it's like a, it's like a, um
2: let's say it's a professional
0: networking hangout, networking event. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong; like some of the best instruction, you know, that you could probably find. Yeah, in the you world. Know, yeah, and they had the, they would just give prodigies like full rides. So you got all these people coming in who were on a full ride because they were like an amazing. Flamenco player, yeah, of course. From you know, some guy from Spain, like just all these people, these guys from freaking Japan that were like Alan Holdsworth knockoff, like ripoffs. Like it was just so a lot to take in, mm-hmm. and I feel like the hardest part was for me to find like someone that was normal. I think my second semester I found someone that was like normal that I was roommates with. I'm like, oh my god, you know, finally it's like someone you could just like.
2: You like football? You like <laughs> yeah. hockey?
0: You like girls, you know. Yeah. That's well, that's uh,
2: yeah. Well, I do. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get in your private life. It's, um, oh, it's, okay. it's, it's
0: Your own business. Well, I'm saying that you know a lot of you get like a music, you know, nerd type of feel from a lot of the kids. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you'd go out and like everyone's trying. You know, you. everyone's trying to you know I'm you know you're trying to meet girls and stuff like that, and everyone's kind of like, so. Uh, oh, did you hear that doorbell ring? Yeah, it ring in a perfect fifth, and you're just like, oh, oh shut God. up. <laughs>
2: And oh then uh, you instantly God. after
0: someone says that, you instantly hear like all the girls in the room walk out and they're like, "Okay, music nerds, you know what I mean? oh, sweet lord. so yeah, yeah that was it was part of the experience i I ultimately, I just said, "You know what, do
2: you have any girlfriends at Berkeley uh
0: if there were
2: uh, hot girls there, or? I think I
0: had some girls that were waiting for me at home, so I think oh, I had... oh,
2: oh oh, okay, so I forgot your own <laughs> you own <laughs> buffalo." Uh, this is a guy who lives in an apartment uh, which uh, living room is crowned by this uh, flag of the uh, Buffalo Bills, by yeah, the way. exactly. It's a, that's an important piece of information here. Yeah. But let's say that you, okay, you said, uh, this is not the place for me. So what was the next step? What did you do?
0: So I really got into actually producing music, and uh-huh. that was the one thing that they gave us. Would you get back in to Buffalo? Yeah, so I said, I'm done with this. Went back to Buffalo. I really kind of didn't know what I was going to do. I really was like my side project was learning more about music production. They gave us Reason, which was like a software to record Mm -hmm. music. And me and my friend got really into it and started producing hip-hop music and R&B music. And Mm -hmm. we would go to the studio where we recorded albums in the past um, and we would produce artists and we would start selling this music, you know, and then we thought we were gonna be like hip hop producers basically, like, you know, the next Kanye or something. And uh that was a big part of, you know, that time in my life coming back from to Buffalo was like, you know, all right, we're gonna produce music and make money doing it doing this, which I feel that we honestly could. Like if we were dedicated to it at that time and continue to do it, we definitely could have, you know, and taken the steps. But you know, I was doing with one of my buddies. He moved out of town. You're so, twenty. We're about twenty-one, twenty-two. Wow, man, that's yeah. And so, what the fuck do you know I'm twenty-two? You know shit. <laughs> so it was. There was always something that we were doing. We had a live hip hop band. You know, I, I I basically got some of my uh, friends in the rock band in the past involved with this live hip hop band. Uh, my old rock band, which we were pretty big around uh around some of the music scene we were tr- called trigger finger uh-huh. and like our big our big point of success was we opened up for uh a, a, a big rock band hooba stank yeah so uh that was like yes we opened up for a big band and then we broke up and then so i started bringing these guys back in and saying hey let's do this music you know some i took the you know my good friend the bass player and we started doing live hip-hop with my you know one of my best friends the drummer and we started playing live hip hop, producing music, still playing in jazz bands wherever you could get a gig. We're gigging. I started going to school now for business, and mm-hmm. went and started going to, to UB, um, and that was really kind of the whole thing was getting involved. You know, continuing to play any kind of jazz, playing in Niagara Falls. Um, we played. Wow. It, we had played it at this really cool jazz club in Niagara Falls called Cafe etc. And from there, it was just you know music, hanging out. And just kind of, you know, I don't know. Buffalo is kind of like a a cool town if you grew up there and you know a lot of people. Yeah. You could kind of like, you know, do a lot of cool stuff in Buffalo. And stay there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. But I met you in uh, Arlington, Virginia. Correct. How
0: did you get here? So after a while in Buffalo, you could kind of get really tired of just like. Yeah, it's a 400,000.
2: yeah, you're talking population. about
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing research on, on this? Baby, <laughs> I did my homework. So yeah, it's kind of you know, it's it has a a cool feel. Uh, definitely big art community there. The economy is not, I guess, really um, thriving compared to other parts of the U.S. This is pre September 11th, right? No, this is this is 2000.
2: Two thousand, my last year
0: of college. Wow! And I basically thought, okay, you know what? I need to not live here because although my friends and family are here, I don't know. There was just something that was consistently calling me to, you know, get, get drunk, get more of a no, get more of a taste of, you know, what's out there. I guess. The uh, I see. you know what I mean. Like I, I loved my time like in, in Berkeley and in mm-hmm. Boston that was awesome to see like a city I wanted to kind of like live in a, in a bigger city so my brother lived down here I had an opportunity from where I was working to get relocated and I, th- and I said you know what DC has an economy uh, it seems like a really yeah. cool town I had some Section friends proof. I had some some friends that lived here so I was and I would visit every once in a while and I said you know what let me uh, see if I could get relocated in they
2: Oh, it is possible that you choose DC over New York being in yeah state, New York State, guy. New York.
0: It's it always seemed like too much, you know. And I knew that the the cost of living is like just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it I is. mean, even you know, everyone knows someone that lives in New York, and and you kind of like look at them kind of strange when they tell you that they you know their rent is like thirteen hundred dollars, and they have like a a, a hole in the, the wall somewhere. In a couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you know, DC. It's kind of like a lot of Buffalonians move down here. It's kind of funny because there's like a million Buffalonians down here. But yeah, it's alarming how many flags. Yeah, that yeah, shitty right. thing. Oh, you, you, you take and... those words out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? How dare you, Gonzo?
2: Yeah, too many Buffalo Bills flag. You're, you're not uh, welcome uh, here anymore. You're reaching the level, the annoying level of the uh, Dallas Cowboys in this town.
0: No, man, Dallas is. I know. You know.
2: That's another show. That's another show.
0: Okay. You came to D C. Came to D C.
2: You started to search for jobs.
0: No, I I, I had a job. My oh. job in Buffalo relocated me here. Oh, that's, and that's then, sweet. Yeah, so I had a job. I moved down here. Right away. What you were doing? I was in the retail world. Oh, uh, you were selling panties. Selling panties. To and- and- <laughs> the <Victoria's> secret. <laughs> <laughs> was it? No?
2: Okay. You came to DC. And what happened with the music? Do you have it in the uh, your back pocket? Do you bring it in your suitcase?
0: Yeah, man, I brought my axe, and then uh, I hit I hit Craigslist right away, and I got involved with uh, R and B band in oh, Maryland, out in uh, kind of like the Largo area. Oh, it's uh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty close to here. Yeah, yeah, like two hours <laughs> riding the metro. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was desperate to play music, and I'm driving fifty minutes out to Largo in the worst traffic in the world. Oh my
2: God. And you were
0: driving around? Man, I was driving and you know from Arlington to Largo you have to drive through DC basically. Hey, yeah, there's no other and way. And when the rehearsals are at like seven, you're driving oh, you're at like you're five fucked. PM. You're yeah, it's the worst. So I was doing that. I was dedicated to going out there, learning like R and B stuff. You know, it just kept my chops up as fun. People were really nice people. Um, uh, but after a while I just was kind of like, we got to get our gig was like the same gig every, every like month we're playing the same spot, you know, where it, was that? It was at the time it was called EJ's Landing. And I want to say that it's called, it's, it changed names. It's like a, a little hotel kind of a restaurant establishment or whatever. In Maryland? In Maryland. Yeah. In college park actually. Like right by, uh, Isaiah, right? yeah, UMD. So, so you, you, you. That band. So I yeah I, next. Then I got into a rock band.
2: Oh and
0: uh, we were playing now. This is again you're still driving, it's out like everyone was kind of from like a little bit past uh, Fairfax. Dude, <laughs> how do you how do you meet this part through Craigslist? This was another Craigslist hookup. Oh my god. I just kinda you know, after a while you're playing in a band and, and it how do you
2: rode your post? You should say I'm not willing to drive <laughs> more than twenty five miles.
0: Bitch. <laughs> so then yeah, I'm driving to Manassas now. That's still, oh, you know, nice. That's even oh, better. Yeah, yeah. No it's out. <laughs> it's better, yeah. But then we we started playing music. It was cool. They had a lot of music written. Again, really great people. Um playing in a place in Fairfax pretty often and kinda of going around playing state theater, getting a chance to to go do some cool stuff. But I think our our drummer left and then that's when I was kinda of like, Okay, this is kind of hit the hit the wall here with this band. So it, it was really hard to find a new drummer, someone that was kind of like, you know, dedicated and stuff like that. So we kind of just stopped playing for a little while, and then it kind of just ended up being that we broke up. But um, then, I know this is probably your next question, then one day... One day,
2: you found... Um a message, a post on Credlit who's in Spanish. Who is, who is the author of that? Uh it's a cool guy. He's handsome, smart. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a beautiful guy. Uh his name is Gonzo Bernal. Oh. I know him. He's a he's, a, no, but he's married, don't worry. Is he a liar uh, too? Uh, the what? Is he a liar too? Um, <laughs> um sometimes. But anyways, you found that that post over there. And it was in Spanish. Do you speak Spanish,
0: Mister Padin? No, I do not speak Spanish. Oh, He doesn't speak Spanish. Huh? How in the hell? My my understanding of Spanish is, uh, you know, high school. Why one year, and then of an intense year in college, and then just friends that spoke Spanish.
2: But I understand there is a Puerto Rican somewhere. In your yeah, life. my father's Puerto Rican. So, oh, there you yeah. go. But I
0: never, I never spoke Spanish. But I. Could like read it, I guess, in a way. Like it's in your genes, bitch. So if I look at it, or if I like keep up with like yeah, looking at it's Spanish... in your blood. That's why you can dance.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> I've seen this guy dancing, and he's a pretty able. He's not as able as his girlfriend. Oh, who is a wonderful dancer and a wonderful lady. She's 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 just uh, wonderful. Um, but man, you answered that pose in a broken Spanish. See, <laughs> and then you you I, came to an audition.
0: Yeah, and uh so it was it was funny because I was looking through Craigslist. And I'm like, I need to find a band, and I saw this weird post, and I wanted to play in a Latin band, like I that was like what I wanted to do. I'm like, this one's in Spanish, and then and then uh, I kept seeing it was like La Unica, Irish band, and I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? And I just didn't understand. I understand most of it, like audition, come to an audition. And it kept saying La Unica, Irish band. And I'm thinking in my head like, what? <laughs> but I remember thinking like, okay, I'll respond. This sounds like it's like whatever. And uh, I think that's when I met all you idiots.
2: <laughs> Big time. Well, just two of us. Okay. Mr. John yeah, and- yeah, and
0: me. And then uh, I came to that audition. I. I just brought my... uh, You won
2: the contest? I brought You wasn't as handsome as we were, you know, (laughs) the kind of handsome guy we were expecting since we're pretty handsome people in the band, but it's okay.
0: Okay, okay. you are a pretty
2: able guitar player, and then you made the band, actually. We've been playing together for three and a half years now?
0: Three years? Three and a half? Three
2: and a half, I believe.
0: Yeah. So then, that's how I got involved with La Unica, yeah. and the the rest is history.
2: <clears throat> uh, no, what uh, what are you seeing in the future? What what do you forecast for your for the music you have in your blog?
0: Um, I would say, uh, you know, I think that with La Unica, there's just a lot of places that we can go. I see that the music, the music that we're writing is kind of coming out a little bit uh easier yeah um so I I, de- I definitely see us being a force here locally in DC mm-hmm. and playing I think we got some gigs coming up that are pretty big I could see us opening up for some some pretty big acts locally yeah um and making some some really cool stuff I definitely see that Laonica could move into more of a electronic kind of feel. I think everyone's really interested in adding, you know, synth and stuff like that and and drum machine type things and and NPCs and... Oh, yeah. Everyone's kind of, you know...
2: I think I have one more question, Mr. Padding. How much do you think you have changed from that kid that was searching uh, through so many music genres uh, to this guy who is uh, making a very hard to define music with uh pedals your guitar uh your um your iPad and um how how much do you think you have
0: changed oh that's a tough question i don't i don't know like uh i think that your mindset starting off in music is so it's kind of like you're in like a fantasy, you're like kinda of like consistently like trying to like project this like idea of you being a rock star and you know, playing like all the bands that you see on T V and playing one genre of music. But then as you get older and you start playing in all different types of, of bands and, and stuff, and the more that you play, the more open you are with everything in life really, you know, different food, different people, uh different sounds. You know, so definitely starting off, you're kind of, you know, narrow-minded. I think, yeah, in the beginning, and then I guess you know, playing music for about twenty years now, your you know, your horizons are just completely brought into being very accepting of of anything really, especially if you're willing to uh, audition for an Irish. Latin band, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: You gotta be open minded.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's for sure. Yeah. I understand you have some music. Yeah. You you want to share with our listeners? Yeah. So we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, this music here. So, um, you know what I'm gonna do is I'm just going to play one of the tracks first. Okay. And um, and then we're gonna kind of come back and and start talking about it. All of the music, again, just a quick disclaimer, all the music that we're listening to is available for free online. This is the music that is on the band's official website that they have for free for download um, on the band's official SoundCloud page um, where you can stream it for free as well. So we're just going to be playing some samples of this music so we can kind of get a feel for it. Um, all the music is intended to be used in kind of like a, a, a fair use way because we're making comments on this music. So so the band that we're focusing on is called Antibalas. What does that mean, Gonzo?
2: It means uh, bulletproof, but in Spanish.
0: But in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so these guys are from Brooklyn. We're going to be looking at... Um, not really the music of Antibalas, but the music of all of their members. You can see that there's a theme that's going to be kind of uh, rolling through these. The music that you listen to in some of the bands that they have, and their on in the side projects that they have, they all kind of have like a groove music kind of feel. Um, very visual. You can kind of use the music for any kind of you know soundtrack. It seems like, and it has a uh, an Afro beat kind of. Uh, a theme to a lot of these musicians. You
2: think Antibala's is like an all-star kind of
0: project? Um, You know, I don't know if they are kind of like an all-star project from like all their collective musicians that they Mm -hmm. knew in Brooklyn, but the people that are in the bands, I think some of the horn players are in, uh, or the bass players, like the guitar player and uh, uh, whatever that, Sharon whatever, and the Daptones, Sharon Mm -hmm. Jones. So I know I don't know what came first, like these other big bands yeah. or Antibalas, but I know that they formed to kind of feature Afrobeat music and feature music created um, wow. by Fela Kuti and then and that style of music. And then I guess there was just a consistent need where they were playing parties and stuff like that in, in New yeah. York. And then they uh, they started making some EPs and some albums and stuff and. Nowadays, I think this is, I think they formed in like the late 90s, so, you know, they are looking yeah, at
2: 1998. like.
0: 1998.
2: Yeah. In Brooklyn, New York, how about that?
0: Yeah, so we're going to be checking out some of the music um, by some of the, the the musicians that play in this band. The band has about 11 pieces. Yeah, it's a big band. Big band, so all these guys are really talented, and we'll take a closer look at their music. Go for it. All right. was superhuman happiness so the theme of the show is really um about the members of the group antibalas and uh this is actually one of the members of antibalas Stuart Bogie. he was a conductor for the band for a while <clears throat> and you can hear it in this music where antibalas is an afrobeat band and it has that kind of uh just groove oriented feel almost sounds like uh some dated funk with a little bit more of like african influence and african wit- rhythms um and this group his side project that he he went to make actually has some of that those same elements we actually were watching the video and the video for this uh this song is is pretty cool it's basically just Snippets of a hundred close-ups of putting a certain piece of clothing on in famous movies. So yeah. whenever you get a, like a close-up of you know the badass in the movie about to go you know kill some aliens or something and and they suit up first, it's just like it's like uh, you know you, I suggest going over to their website because it's hilarious uh, <laughs> it's and checking out good. this video. <clears throat> it's
2: Pretty intense. You can feel. You can feel. Also feel like. Um, strong Latin percussion in the, the background.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. And the name of the song is uh, Elevator Elation. So once you go online if you want to check it out go check out Superhuman Happiness Elevator Elation. The song it just kind of builds and builds and builds and builds yeah. and yeah. it almost has that just kind of continuous groove. It never stop. And then you hear the horns come in too, and Mm -hmm. it's just building and building and building and more tension and more tension and more tension. It almost sounds like it was meant to be put in a movie, you know. Exactly. Like it's soundtrack music. You're right. Um, So yeah, so we're going to be looking at all – some of these musicians basically that are in Antibalas. And
2: And where do you find find Antibalas?
0: So Antibalas, I first saw them – our drummer actually, uh, Matt is really he's into them because uh, he's kind of he was in New York for a while. They mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they kind of originated in Brooklyn. A lot of big musicians are in tons of different bands, and they are really big in the whole Afrobeat scene. <clears throat> kind of like the Afrobeat revolution, if you want to call it that, because mm-hmm. that's definitely a, a lot of music that's uh, being played by a lot of uh, musicians, I guess, all throughout the U.S. Now, okay. um, and I saw them on when they he was telling me about them and then simultaneously i saw them on jimmy fallon i believe oh, really? Like one of their live shows uh on jimmy fallon and i was like wow this band is sick and then matt was kind of like yeah i told you and then i ended up going and seeing them at a show last year at the black Cat in dc and uh so i i thought it was pretty cool because they're playing music that is basically african they're playing you know uh music inspired um uh, by Afrobeat musicians, and they're very involved with uh, conducting music for um, you know the, the the Broadway shows of of uh, Fela Kuti and kind of bringing that music back to life. Got it. So our friend actually plays in kind of like an Afrobeat band. Mm, um, I see Brian. I think Brian plays in an Afrobeat yeah, band. We got to get him knows. on the on the podcast. He'll Todd be lessons. here. Um, but then I started looking more into these musicians and they're in all different types of band actually in superhuman happiness i believe the bass player is also in antibalas as well Mm, okay so they kind of share it's like a collective of musicians that you know, know you know they they just share these kind of like ideas and they start forming little side projects so i thought it's cool to explore a band that is doing you know a world music kind of thing bringing that that style of African music to the ears of Americans. And then I also wanted to explore some of these side bands. So we'll look at another one too. I'm going to play another song right now. That was Ocote Soul. And uh, this band is another side project of the musicians of Antibalas. This is um, the baritone sax player's side project, mm. Martin Perna. And him and Adrian Quesada put together this group called uh, Ocote Soul.
2: That's how they call uh, palm trees in Mexico, Ocote.
0: Ah, okay, yeah. okay.
2: There you go.
0: So yeah, I mean, that song was, again, you know, coming coming through with the Afrobeat feel, definitely. You know, it's it's kind of weird because the music to me, before I really knew what Afrobeat was, listening to that, mm-hmm. what it sounded like was uh, that whole feel is just kind of, I, I, I call it groove music. Yeah. Or... That's kind of like in a vein of kind of like a jam band kind of feel. There's a lot of like jam bands where yeah. the drummers get that kind of funky drummer kind of continuously,
2: yeah, ongoing, on,
0: beat. ongoing in a loop. Yeah, and the music kind of builds and builds, but these guys add another element where it's it gets a little bit spacey. Mm-hmm. It sounds like something that could kind of be like, uh, you know, in kind of like a. A lounge type of feel, I guess, yeah, if you want but to put you know it that way. You know what is
2: interesting? Very interesting. The vocals. Yeah. It's always like a chant. Yeah. It's, it's very chanty. Yep. You know, it's not the lyrics. It's not the usual structure of verse and yeah. No, man. This it's
0: just is like... Just and that's, like, that's part of the whole Afrobeat thing is no, it's like very go. chanty, you know, so people singing. People
2: can it. It's yeah. A, it, it, it fits perfectly with the ongoing... Yeah. You know,
0: grooving thing. And these, all these videos are cool too because yeah. it's just like certain just, scenes that are <laughs> I happening. Just saw one million cock on it, yeah.
2: man.
0: <laughs> so definitely this this is great because uh, we're going to listen to I think one more musician um, that has to do with Antibales. Um But yeah, let's keep it rolling. So I'll just uh, play one more here for you. That track was by Chico Man. And now, Chico Man, I don't... You know, I'm not sure if he's an official member of Antibalas, but um, when I saw him last year, or when I saw Antibalas last year, Chico Man was playing guitar for them. And in in a lot of the Antibalas videos, you see Chico Man being kind of like an honorary guest Mm -hmm. guitar player. I'm not sure if he's like officially a member now. But Chico Man is another one of those artists that... Plays with Dante Balas, has his own music on the side, has that Afrobeat feel, and just from the track that you heard, uh, we were listening to Ya Yo Se.
2: Yeah.
0: Now I know. And Gonzo, that's exactly what you were saying. You're, earlier you said it's kind of like a chant, it you know, is. or just kind of like.
2: You know, but it, there is a message. Uh, the lyrics were in Spanish, whatever lyrics they were there. And he was talking about masks. And uh, remove the mask, so I can see who you really are. Ah, yeah, it was. It's interesting, but it, it's it's this one was a mix of electronic
0: and uh, yeah, it
2: was pretty intense. So in he,
0: I, I think he does a lot of the guitar work and sequences a lot of the stuff too. But it's almost like this music, which is you know from the seventies
1: in mm-hmm. in Africa,
0: and it had that chant feel. It's kind of telling a small story. And it has like a a reoccurring kind of theme, and all the music is just kind of grooving along. Yeah. But I mean, that's nowadays kind of what a lot of electronic music is. You know, when you, you when you hear the the vocals, it's kind of like one the phrase one repeated over. Yeah. And this is kind of he's kind of almost putting it out there for you, <laughs> like plain as day. Like you know, this is. You know this music is very you know relevant because it has yeah. that feel of um, absolutely being very electronic and and, and groove oriented. Very interesting selection, Mister Padding. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, those are the songs that we're going to listen to today. Again, if you, you know, some of this stuff we're just kind of talking out our ass too. So if you have any suggestions, or if you want to make any uh, corrections to what we've been saying, feel free. Email us Mundo Musica Podcast at gmail dot com M U N D O M U S I C A podcast at gmail dot com. Go to our blog world music podcast dot Yep. Um I sounded like I was stuttering there, but I <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. I like my brain was slowing down or something like that.
2: Well you have been talking about yourself <laughs> for a long time now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. Give me give me a chance to talk about myself, and I'll yeah. go on for uh, You're, three I hours. I mean, like
2: a connection is having problems somewhere. <laughs> cable is, so, yeah. Cables and my brains are mixed up. <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: So we're gonna end it there. Uh. Again, email us. Let us know if you have any uh suggestions on 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 some of the themes. La Unica, our band, has a pretty big gig coming up yeah. on November twenty sixth. We're gonna be opening up for.
2: Desorden Publico from Venezuela, how about that? It's considered between among the uh, the five five top scat bands in the world.
0: And they are, they're from Venezuela. Yeah,
2: they have been playing, they have played in everywhere from Australia all the way to Hungary. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. These guys are huge.
0: Yeah, so that's definitely fun. I think uh, what we're going to try to do is uh, get kind of a quick uh, interview with some of those guys if we can talk to them. So we know that either next show or the show after, we're going to be looking at ska. Um, And maybe let's just focus in on South America and kind of look at some South American ska or wherever that takes us. Kind of go on like a little journey of – of uh, uh, Latin Ska. Let's this do that. That's very huh? interesting. It yeah. is interesting. Man. <laughs> you know what we should do? In and this, that's right in in up your alley because you, you're a big disorder fan, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, uh, some of them are my friends actually. Oh, from, really? From my college days, like in two centuries ago. Yeah. But, anyways, uh, you know what we should do? We should describe the places from from where these people okay. are coming. For example, we. Yeah, Brooklyn is a different country from Manhattan. <laughs> Manhattan is an independent country. And um it's the same with the Bronx and
0: Yeah. Oh? You know? Yeah, we could definitely go into that a little bit more. Yeah. What did you think about the beer? Today's beer was Brooklyn Brewery Black Chocolate Stout.
2: Pretty intense. It's worth to try it.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of Brooklyn uh Brooklyn beer, Brooklyn Brewery beer around, but the stout kind of stuck out. I never really saw the the chocolate stout, so I had to try it out. Yeah, that was a good uh, good choice. Yeah, absolutely. see, the idea is to get the beer linked up with the music that we're listening to every week. But I mean, I don't know. We're let's see how, how much of a good run that we could go on. The first beer was Uh-oh. was Guinness Black Lager. I called yeah. it Black Label in the last yeah, week's yeah, podcast. Well, <laughs> yeah, nobody's perfect. It's okay. Maybe I was drunk. And then <laughs> this one. Brooklyn, the musicians are from Brooklyn. Uh, we're booking We're drinking Brooklyn brewery mm-hmm. beer. Next week, I mean, it's going to be kind of. Let's see how far we get the street going before we end up drinking oh, like Miller Light.
2: <laughs> truly, truly, Venezuelan rum.
0: Oh, okay. We're you're gonna, you're gonna get then.
2: closer to heaven. Oh, okay. Next week.
0: <laughs> what? What was the stuff that we had a while ago?
2: Diplomático, Diplomático, Gran
0: Reserva. Yes.
2: Yeah. That's a that's a very good one. Yeah, Mr.
0: Yeah. Very good one. You're gonna have to bring that out. Um so alright, so that's it. I think we're wrapping this up. Let us know if you have any questions or if you uh you know, if you wanna say hi to Gonzo. All
2: right. All See right. you soon guys.
0: See ya.